2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're diving into one popular list of 24 thoughts for 2024 hold on there's no way i'm going to be able to come up with 24 thoughts this whole year anyway we're going to get help from this podcast's own danica patrick it's paula Pant, and the man who drives us all to work oh gee and finally this year's winner of formula one max for stopping well ah forget it it's just len penzo But that's not all. Halfway through the show, I'll share my super fast 2024 Trivia Contest kickoff question. And now, a guy who raced here to bring you the best personal finance advice around, it's Joe Salcijai. Hey, Stackers, as we
0: race into 2024, what a great episode we have for you today.
3: I was thinking the same thing. Somebody <laughs> needs a voiceover of... Uh... <laughs>
4: Thanks. It's pretty good. That's really good. No wow. No extra cost for that, folks. No extra cost.
0: <laughs> we should have said, live from the floor of her
4: parents' spare bedroom, it's Paula Pant.
2: How sad does that sound?
4: Well, hello. Describe where you're at right now. So, I am sitting for uh for those of you who are watching on YouTube. I am sitting on the floor of the guest room of my parents' home. I came here to visit them for the holidays, and I made it an extended trip, so you know it's at the time we're recording it's early January, and I'm actually flying back home tomorrow. But in the meantime, I'm recording this episode from here, but the problem is, uh, my laptop doesn't have any battery in it anymore. The only way that I could plug it in while recording is by sitting next to the wall plug which requires sitting on the floor. So I got my yoga mat right here <laughs> and uh, and this is gonna be a floor tastic event.
2: The great thing is Paula, I can already tell that room is twice as big as your apartment in New York City.
4: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> It's amazing how much space there is. She just lays on the floor, and this is like an average size house. You can't reach back and touch the opposite wall.
2: Yeah,
0: it's fantastic. And the man who has a bunker larger than Paula's uh, apartment back in New York City—it's Mr. Len Penzo. Happy New Year, Mr. Penzo.
1: Happy New Year. I want to tell you that at the beginning of the year here, I, I made a resolution to lose uh, fifteen pounds. So, and how? Oh, how many, good. How many days are we in? Right now. We're in 12, right? 12, We're 12 days in. Yeah. So I guess that means I have 20 pounds to go. <laughs> that was a math. I know. That was a math thing. But, gained weight you know, you oh, first,
4: keep play, up, it back, keep folks. play it
1: back and you'll, if knowing that's See, a math question. Wait a minute. Okay,
0: stackers. If Len can make the math joke just offhand, you should be able to send in. We, we got like, what, Doug, three more spaces left in our math joke off. You got, to, you got
2: to. We're gonna send joke those each in. other off.
0: <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe at stackingbenjamins. So fun, the joke off. But see, Len just casually throws them about, and a guy throwing about lessons about money in twenty twenty four like it's candy. It's Mister OG
3: throwing it like it's cotton candy. Oh, but know. that wouldn't go very far. It wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to toss it very. But far. it'd be delicious. Cotton candy, delightful indeed. What's uh, what's going on?
1: Happy New Year.
4: Do you guys remember these? Yes. Oh, Necco wafers. Yeah.
1: Where'd you find those? Uh, a buddy of mine gave, gave me a box. from pack. 1962?
4: He, did, they I taste know. like
1: it.
2: <laughs> he
3: found them in a box. said, Halloween,
1: 87. I got them a sock
2: hop.
3: <laughs> Necco wafers. The chocolate ones are
2: delightful. Do you know what Necco stands for?
1: It stands for something.
2: Yeah, I know it. I just learned this a couple of years ago. I was just thought That's the company name. No, it's the New England Candy Company. Oh, wow. Makes
1: sense. I
2: drove by their factory area. I was in a pretty seedy part of town outside of Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. I I think this show's over.
0: (laughs) I think we
3: taught everybody
0: (laughs) everything they need to know. Right there. You know what, Doug? Tell some more facts about the New England Candy Company. <laughs> that you don't care about. <laughs> that, that, that I'm going to totally put ads in the way of. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget. Well, look no further than State Farm. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
2: No, seriously, tell us more, Doug. Yeah, so anyways, if you can fit all 70...
0: 70- hey, stackers! Is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh here's a disclaimer. You got to join open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit Navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for the U.S. based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy Federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.
3: Turns out he meant mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how you get the... <laughs>
3: <That's>, uh- <laughs> I was way off. My bad. <laughs> that one was on me. I was just going for the lifetime supply.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're starting off 2024, stackers, on, on maybe the weirdest Friday <laughs> open ever. <laughs> We got Paul Lano G. Doug. Let's dive into this uh, really fantastic piece. Today's topic uh, was inspired by uh, Jonathan Clements, who's been on the show. He's the former uh, personal finance columnist of the Wall Street Journal and also is the man behind the humble dollar. Jonathan has his 24 rules for 2024, and like everything else Mr. Clemens touches, there is just some gold in these hills. Now, we won't have time for all 24, so if you want to dig into Jonathan's list, head to Stacky Benjamins and hit the show notes, and you'll see all of them. But I thought we'd take some of these rules for 2024 and ask all of you what your favorite ones are. And maybe we discuss some of these excellent, excellent rules. Paula, you've got one that you called yours, like even before we started recording. What is it?
4: Oh, yes. Okay. So rule number five, doubt yourself. Boy, go into 2024 (laughs) just thinking, I'm not that great. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Just full of self-doubt. The point that he makes here is not that you should have self-doubt about your you know, intrinsic worth or anything like that, but rather that you should doubt the ideas that pop into your head, that particularly when they divert from the plan that you have already laid out for yourself, your investment plan, because it's really tempting to give in to shiny object syndrome, right? Maybe in the past, in moments of clarity, you've sat down and said to yourself, hey, I'm going to dollar cost average into passively managed index funds. But then one morning, due to being on social media too long and listening to too many of your coworkers talk at the proverbial water cooler, you're like, you know, or I could put it all on Bitcoin. Right. Right. And when those moments happen, when the shiny object syndrome happens, it's critical to doubt yourself, to doubt the fleeting impulses that pop into your head and run your plan by trusted advisors who can who can be like yo hey, remember the ten year plan? Stick to the ten year plan. Or Paula, let's take half the money, put it in
0: XM radio, take the other half, put it in Sirius satellite radio, watch them both go up, get in a bunch of debt, and then merge, and you got all the crap in one company, like I did.
4: That sounds suspiciously specific. Incredibly
0: specific. <laughs> Why I go individual stocks in the first place is beyond me. Why I decided mm. I need two satellite companies is beyond me. Why when they got a new bunch of debt, I didn't go out, and it was all just exactly what you're talking about here. Len, I got to believe when your portfolio has gone the wrong way, it wasn't because of laid out, beautiful planning. It was some of the stuff Paul is talking about. You know what I got to have in my portfolio?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. Most of my things that have gone bad, I knew getting into them that they would be risky. And you know me I've told the listeners here many times my biggest fault was always being too risk averse so um I guess the good news is that helped me from avoid losing a lot of stocks I do remember uh the Boston chicken uh remember Boston Boston oh, market yes. Boston chicken Delightful. that was one of the ones where I thought for sure was a I went there and I thought the food was delicious and I was like this is it's gonna a be hit. a hit hit and they went bankrupt and I lost like everything on that one but um generally I tried to stay risk averse so it's a double-edged sword, of course. It, it limited my my returns when I was younger, but uh, it also limited my losses too.
0: Turns out, making a great dinner doesn't
1: equal profits, Len. No, you know what? That is a shock. I, I'm still shocked because who is, is it? Warren Buffett or or I don't know who said you know, invest in things that you know about. That you Peter know, Lynch. That, oh, is it Peter Lynch that you know and and you're usually well off? Well. I know I swore by that Boston chicken or Boston market I think they changed the name and it they backfired. Did, yeah. That totally backfired on me. So that's not always true, folks. It is interesting as you dive deeper
0: into his book Len, that he says that to start there and then he says beyond that, that's like the top of your funnel. And then you begin the funnel process under that dude. You know, they have profits, they have debt, yeah. they have whatever. But you know, probably better for most of us to do what you're saying, get it diversified yeah. get collection of funds instead. Oh, gee. Let's talk about a stock that one of us messed up. Let's talk about Riven. Like, there's one, Rivian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really familiar with that one, huh? <laughs> I've
0: been I've been pronouncing everybody's name wrong, every actor's name wrong, every company's name wrong. I don't know if early onset dementia is happening <laughs>
2: right.
3: <laughs> I think it's true for any individual position. I was talking to somebody the other day who has it gets a lot of company stock as part of their benefits, as part of their bonus, you know, restricted shares. And I said, it seems really easy to manage when you have a year or two's worth of bonuses in company stock. But if you don't have a plan for diversifying that, you're going to wake up one day and have four or five or $6 million of company stock. And the guy was like, sounds like a hell of a day. I said, well, no, that's the problem. You'll have 90% of your money will be in one company, which sounds great until it stops sounding great you know, thinking about it from the diversification perspective, I would also advocate for making sure that you've got a sell strategy for those positions that are just given to you, you know, or or you've got, you know, like Paula said, you've got the twinkle in your eye and you want to put it all in Bitcoin or something like that. It's like you can have those things, but it's got to be a part of the overall plan, certain percentages and and have have rules around what those percentages should look like.
0: What I like about this piece is that at the end of this, he says, my advice, discuss your big investment bet with a friend or family member. In all likelihood, as you try to articulate your rationale, you realize it isn't so irrational, <laughs> that it's not really not that rational. What strikes me about that, though, Paula, is that you're when you talk to a friend or a family member about this, You're not trying to convince them or get their okay. You're just trying to say it out loud so you can hear how freaking goofy this really is.
4: (laughs) Right, you know, the danger with the advice of talking to a friend or a family member is that that person might give you, that person might not know what they're talking about. In fact, chances are they probably don't. And so they may give you poor advice. They may reflect poor judgment back at you. So I agree that, you want to be able to see if you can even articulate your argument for it. But the risk there is that some people are really good. You know, think about high school, the best people on the debate team, they can articulate an amazing argument about absolutely anything. Oh, some I'm so people good just at have this. a knack. Talking myself yeah, into exactly. the
3: stupidest shit. well, it's like you said earlier this week, like Chat GPT. It will confidently give you the wrong answer.
4: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Precisely. So if if you know that you are really good at eloquently speaking garbage, and if you know that your family and friends are likely to not have the best of feedback about finances because most people don't, because most people don't understand it, I would say go to a financial advisor and run it by that person and see what they say.
0: Well, Even with a family or friend, though, he doesn't say Mm -hmm. to get their advice. He says you're articulating it for yourself, You're saying it out loud. How many of you run, you know, let's not talk about your main portfolio. Let's talk about the sandbox things. I think Paula, you've talked about your oil company before, Len, your beautiful home by the railroad tracks, Uh, Doug's Rivian investment, OG's uh, every third day lottery pick. Do you guys ever run those by other people? Just articulate them. Have you done that? Because I have to admit,
2: I haven't, but it's great advice. I ran Rivian by OG. (laughs)
3: And what did I say, for the record? Buy as
2: much as you can afford.
0: Yeah, what do he say later, Doug?
2: Sell, sell, sell!
3: Yes, he did.
0: I did not. He did not. <laughs> Len, you're on mute. Len is going crazy, and he's on yeah. mute.
1: He's, he's talking away. That's a good thing. I was, That way I wasn't talking over everybody. <laughs> but I was just saying, you know, I I ran my house pick by the realtor that showed me the home, and he assured me that it was oh. a, great, a great home. So
2: oh. Great buy. Yes, Whoa, he assured me. <laughs> you ran it by the sales guy who was selling
0: you the <laughs> <Right>? home. Yes. <laughs> Well, let's stick with you, Mr. Penzo. What's maybe your favorite on this list?
1: Um, Well, there's a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it was one I liked. I like control what you're able to control. Control what you can and don't worry so much about the things that you can't control. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me when it comes to controlling things, and this is something I had to learn when I was younger as well, is basically your mindset. If you control your mindset, you can really free yourself up. Because I used to think if you have the wrong mindset, there was a, a professor from Stanford who had mentioned, you know, we have fixed mindset and we have growth mindset.
4: Carol Dweck.
1: Yes, Carol Dweck. I, that's it. Thank BB2. you. I was on mute there, Paula. I was screaming at the same time. <laughs> okay. So very good. Excellent. So I'm not alone. So yes, Carol Dweck. That's it. And there was fixed mindset and there's growth mindset. And I had to learn this myself when I was younger. I had this fixed mindset where I was like, I am not going to delve into anything that I'm not an expert at, or that I perceive myself to be an expert at. And that kind of held me back. It kept me from taking risks or going into things that I wouldn't normally do that where I could actually be successful if I actually applied myself. So it kind of put me in this little box. So instead you go to this, what she called a a growth mindset, where basically you're believing in yourself. And um, when you do that, you believe in yourself that that opens you up to more things that you can. Get involved in or in, in anything, really, in anything in life. It really opens you up, and it allows you to to grow. It's very important. So your mindset is something you can, everybody can control. You have to force yourself to move from that fixed mindset to that growth mindset.
0: Yeah, and I also think, Len, there's another aspect. To I love that aspect, but I think there's another aspect to this. It's an election year, and we talk about control what you can. How many people are going to get distracted? from what you can control this like that that's what's going to happen. if you're going to blow up your game plan that's 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 it. I mean I we had Jen Drummond, the first woman to summit all of the second highest peaks on every continent on Monday talking about you have to battle distraction. you got to stay away from distraction. and I think Len of all of the dangers this year, the election poses a big one for most investors.
1: I guess. Yeah. So are you saying that depending on who you think might win, you, you're you going to alter your your investing strategy ahead of time? Is Absolutely.
0: That- we had an episode with Fidelity and T. Rowe Price and a behavioral economist, Dr. Brad Klontz, back in November at the one year, one year to go. And people can go back and listen to this. But all three of them said no professional money manager bases their strategy. No professional advisor bases their strategy on the results of an election. Yeah, uh, They don't. Historically, historically, whatever you think about which party is going to be better. Historically, that's never been the case. It's it's never worked out the way or had the impact that you thought that it would. I'm not telling people not to vote, but I'm saying that the ball didn't end up going the way you thought it would.
1: Well, I, I was thinking, you know, you're better off picking, you know, the winner of the Super Bowl. Doesn't the winner of the Super Bowl usually, whether it's an NFC team or AFC team, predict whether the stock market oh, actually right. going to be better, probably better off doing it that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we're
0: not even advocating that. No. But by the way, go Lions. I just got to say yes. yes. Oh, gee, that's got to be the hardest part of your job right now is getting people to avoid distractions and stay on the ball.
3: The last couple of years have been pretty interesting because, you know, obviously 2022, the market was down 21. It was up a whole bunch. All the YOLO, GME, you know, GameStop, Robinhood type stuff right into 2022 with the market down 20%. And then the market recovered nicely the early 23, then went down a whole bunch in the middle of 23. And then, you know, for the last six or eight weeks of the year, skyrocketed. And it was such a great lesson in there's no way to predict that stuff in advance. Because no one would have thought at the beginning of COVID that the market would recover as quickly as it did. I mean, in hindsight, you see the playing cards, you can say, oh, well, there was so much stimulus and bank interest rates, of course, the market went up. Yeah, but that's not what you thought during the middle of COVID. Nobody was thinking, you know what's going to happen. The market's going to go up 100%. That's what we should double down. Nobody thought that at the time. No different than at the beginning of 23, there weren't people lining up to stuff their brokerage accounts full of money because, oh, we're down 20%. This is a great time to invest. And here we are at the beginning of 24 on the heels of a really great fourth quarter in the market. And now everybody thinks they're geniuses when it comes to stock picking again because seven stocks led the way and the reality is is that none of this means anything about anything yesterday doesn't have any effect on tomorrow in terms of your investment except for the fact that you need to be invested and you need to just do the same thing according to your plan for a very 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 long time it just like you said don't be distracted by whether it's the market or the interest rates or which election you think might win be won or be lost or by whom or who's getting hosed by which, you know, it just, none of that matters. Your your financial goals are 30 years
1: away. You know what helps though too, OG, and you know this obviously, is if you're diversified, right, that's the whole purpose of diversification. You don't have to worry about where you're going to hit the home runs and which ones are going to fall. If you're fully diversified and broadly diversified, things should even out to, or smooth out the ups and downs. So that's one yeah, thing. Yeah, but that- then
3: you go back to what Paula said at the beginning and you see – Hey, you know, my diversified account last year was up 15%, 16% probably, somewhere in there, 17, feeling pretty good. And then you pull out the news and you go, well, crap. How come I didn't get any of that plus 150% from my, you know, my buddy got an NVIDIA call option. Yeah, or
1: even the the NASDAQ index was up 43% just as you could have said oh i just thrown it in the nasdaq index for maybe 40%. I 43. should
3: have just done it all in tech stocks. But
1: that's greed, right? But then you're getting it that's you're getting into greed. See what I'm saying? I mean that when you have that mindset you're actually you're getting greedy. Most people should be very happy with a 10, 12, 15% return. You know, you should be extremely happy. Absolutely. But these days everybody wants to be millionaires in two or three years and they want these humongous returns that really aren't That's not normal. I saw this
3: math equation, Len. Maybe you've done this on your site because you're a little bit more analytical than most. I haven't double checked it, but it was a chart, and I don't remember the dollar amount. It was something like saving a thousand a month or something like that. You know, some reasonably decent savings rate. But it was something like if you're saving a thousand a month, when you get to three hundred thousand, you're halfway to a million, because of the way that compounding works. Mm. You know, your money will start compounding faster and faster and faster. You know, I think that's the other piece of this when it comes to investing and diversification, all that sort of stuff. We never see the benefit of it, and we never see the benefit of compounding because we're right in the middle of it. We don't see the compounding until we look backwards over a long period of time, and we go, oh my gosh, I've only put in $200,000. This This is a great example. Social security. All three of you guys are getting close to that, so you should probably be doing (laughs) some math on it. but. Over your lifetime. Every chance he gets. You
0: look every
4: how much chance I, he gets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> go look at your Social Security and how much money you've put into the Social Security system. And you go, well, that's a lot of cash. And then you go, well, how, how many months am I going to get $2,500, $3,000 a month for 40 years? Like That's the ROI. But you don't see that ROI when you're making that investment, air quotes, investment in Social Security. Or you don't see the ROI when you're putting in $800 a month in your 401k and getting a little bit of a company match, you see it on the back end when you're you know, reflecting on progress. It's just a weird, investing is a weird dynamic and you just have to trust it.
0: Let's stick with you, OG. Give us one you like here.
3: Oh, I absolutely went with the easy one for me, which is number 22, sleep. <laughs> Everybody makes fun of me for my sleep, but it's super important. You have to have energy for all of these things. You know, I mean, it's just not you have just a finite amount of decision-making. You have a finite amount of ability to do planning and to provide for your family and to exercise and to eat right. Like when do you eat crappy? Do you eat crappy the first meal of the day? I mean, Doug does every meal of the day, <laughs> but when you make bad decisions, you make them when you're tired and at the end of the day and all that sort of stuff. Like and the reason that happens is because we do dumb stuff like plan our phones until two in the morning and, and then try to get four hours of sleep and, it's just miserable. Go to bed at 10 o'clock. It's
2: like he's speaking a foreign language. I, I don't understand any of the things he's saying. <laughs> I know. I started tracking for the first time this last year,
3: alcohol consumption oh. and sleep. <laughs> it's, Holy. It's, hold on, hold on. It's checking my notes. Sobering, isn't it?
2: <laughs> oh. He still got it. <laughs> no, it's the wrong one. No, that was the right one. You meant that oh, one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, battle of the buttons there, Joe. Do I get to claim any of these, Joe? <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about sleep for a second, okay. Mister. Uh, Mr. <laughs> I don't even know
0: what this one means, so let's move on. Paula, of sleep interest you?
4: <laughs> you know, wow. you know, I love sleep so much. I I uh, I do it every evening. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, every Does evening. Does that
2: pickup line work for you in bars, Joe? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Does, Does sleep, sleep interest, interest you? you? <laughs>
1: Hello, <laughs> it is Joel? Bars be non-sleep. <laughs> is passed out sleep? Is passed out <laughs> officially sleep, or is that kind of like a? I, it is. That is. No, it is sleep. Is it it's sleep? terrible sleep, okay. but it's sleep. And to your point, Joe, you're
3: talking about tracking this stuff. There's so many different ways to do that. Your bed does it. Aura rings do it. Whoops do it. Apple watches do it. All these now different places where you can. Garmin. You can see all these data on the decisions that you make and how it affects your ability to perform the next day. I you should. Don't.
4: Actually, no, I'm wearing an aura ring, I'm wearing a Whoop, and I'm wearing an Apple Watch. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> the trifecta. Every government agency possible can track you. That's right.
3: Yes. do you? I mean, it all matches up, doesn't it, yes. Paula? Like, all of the data is yeah. pretty much spot on. It's
4: interesting wearing three different trackers because I, I sort of get a range of results. Really? So I can look across. Yeah, not, not so much for sleep. That's relatively consistent. Yeah. But when it comes to their estimates of how many calories I'm burning in a day yeah. – Uh, The estimates of like how hard I'm working in a workout, you know, uh, zone two versus zone three versus zone four in a workout. There seems to be quite a range there. My coach
0: and I, Paula, a few years ago talked about data and I'm like, yeah, but you know, am I going to use this data? She goes, if it's right in front of you, sooner or later, you're going to look at it. And I have to say that has been the case as I get this metabolic data and about my sleep patterns, about my workouts, about all this stuff, I find I become more and more Interested in it just because it's there. Like if you her her advice for me to buy this watch to track stuff, maybe not three. That might be a little overboard. Paula was huge.
4: <laughs> like get
3: the data I'm with Paula. I've got them. It's like the Wonder oh, Twins.
4: Oh, yeah, the Whoop and the Apple Watch. So Paula told us at a time
0: in the future, which will be undisclosed. Where are you headed, Paula? China. Yes, you know why? Now that she's got all these trackers, we know she's just reporting in.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: I'm I'm the person responsible for this tracker, this tracker, this tracker that you've been tracking.
4: Yes. No need for
0: satellite data. I'm bringing it to you, China.
3: I <laughs> don't use satellites. I use
4: balloons. You don't have a spy balloon. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 no need to invest in that. I'll bring it in. Uh, Len, how much tracking do you do? And the sleep thing. You on the well- sleep train?
1: <sighs> As I get older, my sleep pattern is just miserable. I mean, I, I fall asleep for four hours. Then I wake up. I lay in bed for for two or three. And my mind's just going over a bajillion things. I can't fall asleep. Then I fall back asleep for a couple hours and I wake up. That's my, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. About all those rings though, Paul, I noticed you had a, you didn't have a mood ring. Oh, no, That that's like a 12-year-old kind of a thing, middle school. <laughs> or a Len thing. <laughs> I bought a mood ring so my family would know how I was feeling. And I figured, you know what? All they had to do is look at my face every day, and then they'd know exactly how I'm feeling. They don't need the dumb yeah. mood ring to look at that. So <laughs> that was a waste of money.
2: Xi Jinping tells Paula how what her mood is. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Paula gets the encoded message every morning about what her mood should be. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into six more of these. I absolutely love this list. Again, go to our show notes page, stackybenjamins.com and scroll down to the show notes and you can read this entire list. But we're going to tackle three more from the humbledollar.com. But at the beginning of every year, we kick off a new competition between Paula Len and OG each Friday. For those of you new to stacky Benjamins, we have a year long competition between Paula Len and OG uh trivia contest where last year len penzo reclaimed the throne i believe len that was
3: your third
1: that's number th- yes that's number three yeah well, hey when, when do i get that
3: OG. yeah i gotta mail it to you i was gonna bring it because i was in your neighborhood the other day and then i thought it looks just so great right here with your name on it
4: <laughs> I'll, just- <laughs> I'll
3: just hold on to it
2: you never know what len will do with it there in the bunker I know. Oh, yes, that's so, right. Melt it down for its gold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what he figures out, Doug, exactly how much we spent on that <laughs> at the dollar store.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, we ask a question and the closest answer wins. We do this every week uh, throughout the year. And man, it has been close. And Paula, you almost, almost, almost. Came close to winning. (laughs) (laughs) Almost came inside. You didn't come close, but you almost came close.
4: Almost. I remember when I came back into the competition. You told me that I was in a three-way tie for first. I think that was how I entered. Yes. Of course, there's only three of us, so that means I was also in a three-way tie for (laughs) middle and last.
0: That's right, Paula. How are you you doing? Sitting on the floor. You're gonna be okay. (laughs)
4: Fantastic. I've I've got I've got my yoga mat next to me. I've got uh, a gigantic water, forty ounces bigger than my head.
2: Air quotes well, cool water. See? Well I've had placemats at Denny's that look cushier than that yoga mat you're sitting on. I know.
1: <laughs> Do you have the yoga goats, goats too? I mean, wait, or the yoga goats.
4: Oh, no no goats here. Okay. No no yoga right. yoga related animals at all.
0: I talked to your parents about that. Tell them. You know what you need? You need a couple goats. Goat yoga. In this back bedroom. Where the hell are we going? Are we doing trivia? Let's get the trivia. Let's get this year's trivia contest
2: started, Doug. What do we got here? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. This past weekend I finally caught up with this brand new ish documentary called Drive to Survive on Netflix. And man! It was incredible. All those drivers spending a lifetime working on their cars and racing skills and then getting to drive through city streets all over the world. It's pretty unbeatable as far as hobbies go. Gotta make it an Olympic sport. Hey, don't tell my Camino, but sometimes I daydream of souping her up and entering her in races. I know it would be hard on my sweet car, but I know I'd win. I mean, I've already got driving gloves and a bike helmet, so I'm halfway there. I bet if I got enough wins under my belt in the El Camino, I could get someone to sponsor me to race an F1. The way I drive, I'm honestly surprised no one's approached me yet. I've already got the skills. Plus, I'm really good. So good looking. And it'd be a huge win for any company that wants to sponsor me. I could even get Joe to donate on behalf of Stacking Benjamins. That would be, going? would be huge for the podcast, Joe. Sponsor me. Today's trivia question is... Oh, there's a trivia question. It's coming. It's coming. Just had to make my pitch to the man. Today's trivia question is because one of the biggest teams in Formula One is Mercedes. And today is the head of their racing programs. His name is Toto Wolf, head of Mercedes racing program, Toto Wolf's birthday today. So totally related question. How much does a Formula One car cost? (laughs) I'll be right back after I get my jumpsuit tailored. You know, just in
4: case. I totally thought it was going to be, how old is Toto Wolf turning? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Is he related
0: to Toto from uh, the Wizard of Oz? He founded
1: the band, Toto.
0: Yeah. Stuck in Africa. Toto Wolf, Uh, And by the way, that that series, Doug, you've seen that series, Drive to Survive. First two Fantastic. Yeah. Even if you don't like racing, just great series about um, egos and budgets and, and, believe it or not, racing. All right, let's start with the loser of Benjamin in the box. <laughs> Actually, the winner of yeah, Benjamin. The winner. Let's start with the winner of oh. Benjamin in the box. It was uh, what we played, Len, the week after we finished the competition. Paula lost that, which means OG gets to go first. Oh. No, which means you get to go last. Sorry, I'm doing this backwards. It means OG gets to go last. <laughs> Len Penzo, you're the winner. You got to go first. Uh, Formula
1: One car. What does it cost? Uh, do they sell those on Amazon? Could I check real quick? <laughs> <right>. Alibaba. And, <laughs> Alibaba. You know what? Oh, gosh, I don't know, but I bet it's a lot of money. Um, oh, it's got to be in the millions. I would say,
4: I'll say $2.5 million.
0: $2.5 million. Paula, that seems higher loaded. You're a big racing fan.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, there's cars and they go in a circle around a track. What's not to
0: love? Would Doug even called you Danica Patrick? Did that go over your head? Did you know Danica? Uh,
4: no, no. I'm I'm familiar with Danica Patrick. She is the spokesperson for GoDaddy.com.
0: Did you know she was a race car driver?
4: <laughs> I, I did know that. Yes, <laughs> okay. I did. I did. <laughs> just, just check it in. I did also know that. Never <laughs> doubted you for a second.
0: Never doubted you.
4: Uh, let's see. All right. Well, my goal with this answer is to leave a wide berth. (laughs) Just which direction do I go in? Lenny said 2.5? I did. I'll go with 1.2.
0: There we go. Oh, gee, there's the field goal. 1.2 million, 2.5 million, Formula One.
4: My thought was
3: exactly 1.2. That's what I was going to go with. (laughs) So Paula forked me. Um, The right answer is to take all of the upside. 2.5 to infinity. I just don't think a car's... I mean, a Bugatti is like 2 million. You know? So, I don't think so. I'm going to cap Paula off at the knees and say 1.2 million and one cent.
0: There it is. He takes the middle ground, the middle of the middle. And uh, that's the way we play the game, everybody. We've got 2.5 million, (laughs) 1.2, 1.2... 0.00001 or whatever that might be. We'll tell you who's right in just a second. Well, if you're new to stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse were able to collaborate together we can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Len, you kicked it off with $2.5 million. Apparently, these other two yahoos think you might have been way north of what the cost should be on a Formula One car. What are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking I'm going to win this. I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. that has got to be very expensive. All the engineering and crap that goes into an F1, I, I just think it's it ain't cheap. Paula, now that
0: you've got uh, 1.2 million, but only numbers south of that, you feeling good?
4: Yeah. I mean, I've got uh, a wide range of numbers, so I'd, I'd say <laughs> it's... <laughs> I've got 1.2 million
0: different numbers. <laughs> there are
4: numbers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so if it's a dollar, I am set. <laughs> if they're having a
0: sale
3: on the car, yeah.
0: Oh gee, you got the middle of the middle. Feeling good?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was feeling 1.2, and so Lens probably went in again. Figures. Well, as
0: a uh, as a Formula One fan, <sighs> I think you're gonna be surprised by what this number is.
2: Doug, what's our answer? I am embarrassed for all of our panelists, Joe. Hey <laughs> Stacker, I'm expert driver and jumpsuit model, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. During the break, I did a little research, and it turns out that driving in the F1 is pretty hard on your body, and really important to me to keep myself in top physical shape so I can help Joe's mom around the house. So it looks like I won't be entering the race after all. Sorry to disappoint That's everybody. the reason. Yeah, that's the reason. But still, you know, I look good in the jumpsuit. Today's question was, how much does a Formula One car cost? The answer, while it's no surprise that car racing is an expensive hobby, in order to compete in an F1 race, your first step should be to make sure you got a whole bunch of rich friends because the average car for this prestigious series hovers around 15 million dollars more than what paula and og guessed just 13 and a half million more than what len guessed because it's 16 million dollars i wonder if i could finance one of those through Klarna. <laughs> if you pay the 16 just million just pay after I win. Like I'll take the prize money, pay off Klarna. Yeah, zero sum.
0: That's all you got to do. Just just have drop it off in Monaco. You go in the race. See what you got to do? Bada boom, bada bang. That's what you got to do. Len, you surprised that uh, while you won, you were you just sucked God. less, Len?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, that was a bad. You know what? I'm going to take it. It's, it's a win is a win. So we'll take it.
0: Time for the second half of our discussion of uh, Jonathan Clement's 24 rules for 2024. Brought to you by deposit accounts from LendingTree. You know, when you go to depositaccounts.com land, guess
1: what happens? $2.5 million.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not what happens. I wouldn't have enough to get a buy my own F1, right? So I don't know. Hey, Joe, why don't you tell us what happens? Oh, you find
0: out <laughs> that you can compare more than 275,000 deposit rates from over 11,000 banks and credit unions. And Len, you can do that all for free. I know. I pinch love it. Pinch yourself.
1: I love it. High
0: yield savings accounts, CD rates, checking accounts, money markets, ID rates. They have a blog. There's a forum where you can talk to other people. They talk about all the different banks and how different people like different banks. Groovy. All of it in one site. And when you first go there, you can see what savings account rates are. And let's take a look. This is... Released uh, a few days before you're hearing this. So go to depositaccounts.com yourself. But listen to this. If you've got the national average savings account, 0.5% is what you're getting. But if you're in the top 1%, 4.94 APY, which is up a little bit from last week. CD rates down a little bit from last week. A one-year CD, if you're in the top 1%, 5.66. You'll find all these and more at depositaccounts.com. All right, let's dive in to... Mr Clements 24 rules for 2024 we'll go backwards this time og why don't you kick it off
3: oh kidoki how's about number 12 simplify simplify Ooh. simplify simplify your life why you like that one we started this uh last year in the fall we were kind of doing a you know a little bit of an update on the financial plan inventory you know that sort of deal we figured out we had 11 different banking relationships not 11 accounts 11 different places where, where cash was just for our personal stuff. And then add the businesses and, you know, all the relationships there. And I was like, this is so dumb because I was spending so much time every single week balancing that, that 11 bank menage a trois of, <laughs> of trying to get all the money in the right place for where all the money was supposed to be. Back to Who's that. taking money from where?
0: Is it like menage 11?
3: Menage a <laughs> trois times trois plus two.
2: <laughs> it's math, people. God, who knew he was multilingual?
3: <laughs> There's a James Bond joke there.
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, but clean it up. Cleaning it up, OG.
3: Yes. Clean it up. Just make your life simpler. You don't need to have 42 Roth IRAs. You don't need to have your old 401k still at the old place, probably. There's maybe one circumstance you would. Like Just do an inventory and go, what can I consolidate? What can I make my life easier? Because it's not just making your life easier. It's making your spouse's life easier if you get hit by a bus. Make your kid's life easier when you get hit by a bus. Just make your life easy.
0: I like this idea of simplification because David Allen, in the great book, Getting Things Done, talks about being like water. And it's impossible to be like water and flow in your day if you're just so bogged down in the weeds by 5,000 knickknacks around you and you know, 11 bank accounts, all these different relationships. And yet Paula, you will see often among money nerds, we go the opposite way. We're so interested mm-hmm. in saving a dollar, saving 50 cents. We, th- we forget about the big picture of, we're probably better off if we think about thousands of dollars instead of, you know, oh, I can get 50 cents if I have an 11th bank account.
4: Yes, exactly. So this is something, uh, This is something I've written about several times. And I I write about it because I have myself have had to kind of come to this realization the hard way that simplifying is better than over-optimizing. In the personal finance community, it's so tempting to overly optimize and chase high yield savings account after high yield savings account after high yield savings account because the interest rate at bank A is now a handful of basis points better than bank B so it's super tempting to do that. It's super tempting. You know, the other day I had a an award travel consultation with Jason Steele, our mutual friend, Jason Steele. Going into it, he said, hey, can you make a an inventory for me of all of your credit cards? And I was like, that's easy. I got one personal card. I got one business card. Boom. Two. Done. And he was like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Normally when I say, when I ask people, you know, can you make an inventory of all your cards? They had me a list of 15 cards.
0: Yeah. There's OGs. Oh
4: is that a stack of, for those of you watching on YouTube, That's a he's holding stack. up a gigantic, oh my goodness, that you is make actually a share out of those. Yeah, hold
0: it closer to the camera because we didn't Are those see the like CVV.
3: Cole's
4: gift cards? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> they're all they're all $25 Amazon cards. This guy called and said it was really important that I pick him up and give him the uh, numbers. It was something uh, something for yeah. my boss. He texted.
4: The IRS wants their, uh, their back taxes, but they want it in the form of Kroger they gift cards. They want it in the
3: form of Apple gift cards. You got to do it right now. Yeah. It absolutely has to be done or the authorities will be here immediately. <laughs> yeah. This is part of the simplifying game also. Wow. Getting
0: rid of that. I, I was just counting while you were talking, Paula. I have seven different cards. Uh, how many do you have? Active? Len? Yeah, active. I have seven active cards.
1: I have... Are you counting gasoline credit cards, too? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I have four. Do you really have a gas card?
0: <laughs> you have four. I do, <laughs>
1: hey, you know what? One of the companies gives me 10 cents... Off. I know it's not a lot, but you know what? Every penny was counting there for a while when gasoline was really expensive. I was getting 10 cents off regular gasoline or 15 cents off a gallon of premium with that card for every gallon.
4: How many gallons do you fill per week? Uh,
1: probably... I, I, I probably... Spend- <laughs> I, you know what? I think I drove 1,200 miles last year. <laughs> 120 bucks. So yeah, it's stupid, people. I understand. I'll turn in my card tomorrow. Okay.
0: <laughs> and Doug has one, like Paula has one. Has
2: one. One card. Yeah.
4: Right on, sister. Yeah. One personal, one business. Boom. Done. You know, she's got 147 cards.
3: Yeah. There's 24 here. I uh, 24 accounts. There's more than that in cards but there's probably five in my wallet.
1: You know what? There is a danger. If you only have one credit card, what happens if your credit card gets canceled or they, you know, you go you're out somewhere and that for whatever cuz this has happened to me. You're out and boop, declined. Card declined.
4: Yeah, that's yeah, happened that to, happen
1: to you. I mean, that's happened to me before. Then what do you yeah, do? Yeah, that's happened
4: to me. That's happened to me a handful. I still have a debit card, so I can either use the debit card if I need a swipe plastic or tap plastic these days or uh use the debit card to withdraw cash and then pay for things in cash. Easy enough.
2: Or you get everybody else a- at the table to pick up your tab. <laughs> I just say, can I write you a check? This used to
3: be Doug's excuse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> Do you guys take personal checks? I've got a shell gas card.
4: <laughs> <laughs> can I wire transfer? <laughs> right?
2: Do you take American Express
0: traveler's checks? <laughs> <laughs> I only carry those.
1: When I go outside, text Do camera. they still have those? Do they still have oh, travelers? Do they have those? Oh, my God. When I was a kid, I remember going on long trips with my dad, and he'd have a whole ton mm-hmm. of traveler's checks. Yeah. Oh, then you get your traveler's checks and your trip
0: tick. Yeah, there you yeah. the go. the trip right. Yes, that's
1: right. Absolutely. You both of them. You are ready to rock it yeah, Everybody,
0: welcome to Old Guy Stories <laughs> for the win right there.
4: All
1: right. We saved this for the porch.
0: <laughs> I love the idea, OG, of simplification. I think that is so important. And- Back on our New Year's Day episode, Eric Qualman uh, talked about it's impossible to focus if you don't get get mm-hmm. things simplified. Len, uh,
1: what is uh, another one you really like on this list? I like the last one on this list, and I really – it resonated with me, and it's use those savings. Mm-hmm. For people who have a savings mindset, You know, as you, and you go your whole life saving, and then it comes time you retire like I have, and you've got this portfolio, it takes an adjustment to, to start – thinking spending you know you you spent your whole life saving and now it's time to go ahead and enjoy what you've saved the the fruits of those savings i think that's very important i mean what's the point of saving all that money not to you know to be afraid to spend it down and then for the younger people i think there's kind of a corollary to that and don't be afraid to splurge actually you know if you just go through and you're constantly saving and you're the whole point of money is is to make life worth living and even when you're younger I mean, if you're just saving every single penny that you can and not enjoying life, I think you're making a big mistake. So I think it's okay to splurge when you're younger as well, occasionally.
0: You know, Jonathan Clements, the author of this piece, he wrote a great book on that same thing, Len, uh, called My Money Journey, which is written in part, the, the individual stories are written by people that have written for the humble dollar or friends of Jonathan's. And that story resonates over and over, Len, about people not spending their money or getting the aha that, you know what, I got to, like Jonathan says here, it, it may feel comfortable to sit on a fat stack of cash, but if you spend all this time building it, why? why, yeah,
1: wh- 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 why were you, right? If that's how you were going to be, what was the point? if you weren't going to spend it and enjoy life later. I mean, I I, I do understand it is a hard, it's a hard, it's difficult for me still. I still have that urge to squirrel away money if if possible and save. But yeah, there comes a time when you retire, hey, that's what, you know, you got to realize what your goal was from way back when and act on it. Once you've done your savings, congratulations and start enjoying.
0: Just over a decade that I've known you, Paula, I've kind of felt
4: your feelings about this have changed. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm super into spending money now. (laughs) Back in the... (laughs) It's way more fun, isn't it? I'm a big fan. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of spending money. I love it. (laughs) When I was in my 20s, I suffered from a a lot of self-doubt, a lot of insecurity. Part of that was not having the confidence to believe that I could make money. And so because I didn't believe that I could make money, or at least make good money, I wanted to cling on to every single penny. I was super, super, super cheap because I didn't believe in my own abilities to go out there and make more right and and make more in a in a big meaningful way now i have that confidence i know that i can make more so i'm a uh, much more happy to spend i
0: agree with the confidence part but don't you think over that time you've also gained skills and relationships that frankly at that younger age mm-hmm. would have been much more difficult to have developed
4: i'd say yes yes and i would say the biggest skill was learning how to create my own projects, learning how to, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to say like learning entrepreneurship, or, but it's true. Learning how to go into business for yourself, even if it's at a, a micro scale, learning how to offer new services and new products to a market is so much more lucrative than going to work for somebody else, particularly in the field that I was in as a journalist. I might be different if you're a an anesthesiologist. But in the field that I was in, going to work for somebody else was never going to pay a lot. And learning the skill of developing out my own projects, my own products, my own services, that is the key skill that tells me that I can earn. Therefore, I can spend. OG,
0: ask how OG feels about spending money. (laughs) Uh, We definitely know that. But you've got people, OG, that hire you, I'm sure, that need to rein it in. I mean, finding that tipping point, I think would be the phrase, is the important part.
3: Yeah. I mean, there really is a balancing act between tomorrow and today. And knowing how to work between all of those things, I think is super important. There's also different times throughout your your kind of seasons of your life, which are high spend times. And I think just being aware of those as well is going to help a ton. We very openly last week went to the Rose Bowl. We talked about that. Thankfully, the airline flights, which was a big convoluted travel schedule, paid for all of that on points. But then the football team won. So we're going to go to Houston for that. So there's, you know, all of this is an experience thing. And Liz and I were talking about it and said, this fits with our kind of new thinking around experiences versus a lot of stuff. I feel a lot better about like taking my kids and my in-laws and stuff to things that are fun and kind of once in a lifetime experiences versus accumulating another item, you know what I mean? Like something that's just going to wear out eventually
2: or something. How, how like do you that. feel about taking podcast hosts on experiences? <laughs> I asked you if you were coming and you said, um, no, you didn't say, would you like me to pay for you to come? My answer would have been decidedly different. <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> I wasn't going to offer that. I was going to see what you were going to say first and now I'm you were a jackass. So no, <laughs> you noticed you didn't get to show up on Monday for the game.
0: I do like, to stop the kids from fighting, I do like ancillary or or an offshoot of, of one of these ones that you picked, which is number 14 on his list, Anticipate Good Times. When you book those experiences, he says book them as far in advance as possible so that you delight in the anticipation of it, which is totally totally true i love thinking about the fact that this fall i'm going to go to nepal we all love hearing i'm going go to go to nepal and i'm going to tell you guys about it Eighty-seven thousand, or not this fall this, this spring, spring this Do spring I'm you're talking, going in april this spring i'm going to nepal yeah i won't talk about where i'm going this fall yet but this, <laughs> but this spring <laughs> oh darn i'm going to nepal and i can't wait we booked the trip uh, last year last summer and i'm so geeked about it
4: oh you know where i'm going in the spring texarkana Texture <laughs> Canada. You are coming to Texas <laughs> <Yes>. Canada.
0: <laughs> On purpose?
4: On purpose. On purpose. I'm gonna be watching uh Easy. Joe's cat, Cooper, while he's in the
0: <laughs> Gonna hang out with Cooper and see the, the uh eclipse. see the I should have charged Paula big money. I should because the eclipse coming over our house and there's plenty of houses around here. That are being rented for lots of money.
3: Lots of people want oh, to see it. don't worry.
4: I will uh, surreptitiously rent your house and pocket the cash yeah. without you knowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's
3: going <laughs> Did you tell her that you live in a forest, Joe? She's been there. She's been here.
4: Yeah, I've been there. Okay. But that is a good point. I'll have to, like, sit in the middle of the street. Oh, I'll sit right at the Texas-Arkansas state line to watch the eclipse. She will. There we go.
2: Yeah, Paul will have a tent in the backyard and rent my house out for me. <laughs> so people are, well, let me get this straight. People are going to Texarkana. To see it get dark.
4: Yes. (laughs) Do they know that it happens every night? (laughs) To not
2: see it. To not see the town. Yes. To not see it.
0: Uh, Len, apparently the party's at my house while I'm not here. So if you want to come out to
1: Texarkana too. When is the uh, eclipse? I'm actually going to Indiana in April. Is that? I think it's April 8th. April the 10th-ish or something? Yeah. April April 8th. Oh, okay. No, I think it'll be later than that. All right. Because there's a a chance if it's going over Texarkana, it might have passed over Indiana as well, but... uh, yeah, because they're close. They're close. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> on that
2: path there. Spiritually, Southern Indiana and Texarkana are <laughs> brother and sister. <laughs> are very. Oh, similar. hey, come on, Texarkana and Indiana
0: takes that as fighting words. Let's do one more here. Paula wrap us up.
4: All right, number ten, which is uh, da, 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 da. take a time inventory, right? Oh yeah. What is it that you do every day that's unnecessary? And what is it that you do every day that's valuable? And I would actually take this one step further. The tip that I got from Laura Vanderkam, a best selling author who specializes in time management, is to, for a, at least a week, write out every single thing that you do in 15-minute increments. Uh, ideally, if you can, write it on a piece of paper so that you don't get distracted by your phone. But write out everything you do, every minute of your day in 15-minute increments. Obviously, you can't do this forever. That That's not sustainable, but do it for one week, and you will be shocked at what your time inventory tells you about yourself. So I think that's a good annual practice. It's a great way to kick off a new year.
0: I absolutely love Laura Vandekam's work, Paula, and uh, a woman that I met in Bali, oh, Lacey Filipich from Australia, Scoreboard. has a great book called Money School. She says, as you're putting the things down, put it in one of three columns, the middle column is just must do. And the other two columns on one side of just do is gold. I need to keep this in my day. And the other side is mm. this is the stuff I need to get rid of. And she talks about increasing your shit to gold ratio or your gold to shit ratio. Mm. Make much more gold, much less shit every day. I just love that. Taking Laura's time calendar, writing everything down, but then putting it one of those three columns mm. uh, really worked for me gee, I feel like with your work with Strategic Coach, you must have done some of this time thought process. Is this worth my time to be involved in?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And they break it down into work-related things around unique ability and what things you're good at and not good at. But this is a great exercise to do in 15, 30-minute increments of just keeping an inventory of, of what you actually do. I'm with Paula. This is super, super, super eye opening. Especially because the first like the first little bit that you do it, you're like hyper sensitive of it. You're like, uh, opening mail. Ten minutes. And then after a while you forget about it and then you just do it. And then you get the real honesty. Like after your brain shuts off the filtering system of trying to impress yourself with all right. of the things that you're like, exercise. Doing push-ups, you know, whatever you're... 600 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly.
4: Held plank for 15 solid minutes. <laughs> right.
3: Yes, exactly. No, 15 seconds yeah. on the plank. Yes. So I do think this is a good idea, something that everybody can do, whether it's personal or work or both for for just a week and, and see what comes up.
4: I will say when I did it, this was a few, several years ago, I was still living in Vegas, but there was what I call zombie time that just escaped Like I would be in the kitchen, I'd wrap up breakfast, I'd wrap up coffee, and then there would be this 15 minute lag time between making it from my kitchen to literally my home office, which is the next room. And I have no, I have literally no idea. It's like falling into the twilight zone for 15 minutes and then emerging and being like, "Ah, all right, I've made it from the kitchen to the home office. was there ever some engineering way you took care of this? Thought about a time
1: management system? I just used a calendar, but I mean, that was how I managed my time when I was in the working world. You know, I, I and I, when I said calendar, it's not just meetings. I put on my calendar for my workday, every single thing, work this problem or fit, you know, go visit, uh, you know, this person for this reason, fix your car, uh, everything, Every My day was planned out Monday through Friday from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, basically, on my calendar.
2: Len, the other great advantage of doing that in a corporate environment is then that blocks
1: off time in your calendar that other people can't grab to have another meeting. (laughs) As a matter of fact, yes. As a matter of fact, on my calendar, I had, because everybody in the corporate world, everybody, if you choose, they have access to your calendar. So, And I would put on there, private time, do not disturb. And I would block off two and three hour blocks in work hours where nobody could contact me. And if they try to contact me, I'd say, did you check my calendar? Because you're not supposed to be contacting me right now.
0: On the January 1st episode, Eric Qualman called that uh, cowboy fencing, about fencing off large open areas and making sure that, and for most people, it's in the morning. Like first thing when you still have brain power and fence off that area in your calendar and say, this is the time when I'm going to do, I'm going to get this stuff done. Yeah. But I think it all starts,
1: Paula, with your inventory of what am I what am I doing? You know, now? I, I will say this. Once you're retired, you don't care about this time stuff anymore. It makes absolutely no difference how you know, I'm <laughs> spending fifteen minutes doing this and twenty it doesn't matter because I'm retired. You know what? I got all the time in Bragg, the world. I can bragger. waste it on whatever I want. Bragger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Scoreboard. <laughs> there. There it is. I don't know. Doesn't time still – you
1: still have goals. You got stuff you want to do. It still matters. Well, what? Work on my choo-choo train. Go play nine holes of golf. Go walk around the block. You know, watch the squirrels in the backyard. I mean, that's – it's pretty (laughs) pretty lame. (laughs) Led's got a complex
4: life. (laughs) Do the squirrels have names? Yes, they do. <laughs> you know. know.
1: Yes, they do. That's <laughs> right. Uh, the honeybee named them all, but they all have names. Yes, they all have names.
4: How can you tell them apart from one another?
1: You can. You can tell by you can you can totally tell. They have personalities. Some of them have their gait, their the way they walk. Um, <laughs> oh they have scars. Talking I mean, about the gait. Yes. Cat. Yes. Well, then is like that's the cute one, and that one's the apple.
4: <laughs> <asshole>. Then <laughs> I would advise you to stop talking. <laughs> That one's the goth and that one's the cheerleader.
1: <laughs> you know, for Christmas, the honeybee got a squirrel cam. So now we have a squirrel cam set up. So she gets alerts every time the squirrel, we set up a picnic table with nuts and they come and oh they eat. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's I'm true. I'm never getting old. I don't care what happens.
2: For people, for people to head to lens, only squirrels account. <laughs> He's got the squirrel cam set That's up. That's a good idea. Uh, Paula and OG, how did you lose to this guy in trivia? <laughs> His brain is oatmeal. <laughs> I think that's a
0: great that's a great place to leave it. Uh, holy cow! OG, what what are you doing this weekend besides going on Lund Squirrel Camp?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I've got a new pastime. Uh, not doing anything. In-laws in town, and uh, we're just going to hang out this weekend. Nothing. Uh, we're having an off weekend, finally, after three full weeks of travel yeah. for the OG clan. All because
0: of that amazing uh, Blue School.
3: Blame it uh, on that. We're them. recording this before the game, so knock on wood. See how it goes. It.
0: I'm actually headed to Houston this weekend, OG. We're going to go down there and do a museum weekend um, now that all of the national title stuff is done. But Len, what do you got going on at LenPenzo.com here to kick off 2024?
1: No, you know what? I don't know. I, I think I brought up, we had 40 ways to <laughs> improve your credit score. I think I talked about that last week. I, You know what? I will say this on Saturday, I have a very fun financial roundup. There's a lot of cool things in there. I post 10 to 12 memes that I see that are very interesting. Usually they're pretty funny. Uh, and Twitter comments that I find. I pick those out and uh, we just make a financial roundup out of those every, every Saturday. So it's called black coffee. Stop on by and say hello. And, um, great, great weekly read. Yeah.
0: Yep. Lots of fun at lenpenzo.com. Paula, what are you guys doing over there to kick off 2024?
4: Beginning of 2024. We aired an episode with Hal Elrod. He is the creator of the miracle morning, which is a six step plan to have a fantastic morning routine that really sets the tone for the day ahead Step one, look out the window. Yes, exactly. Step two, say hi to the squirrel. (laughs) Precisely, precisely. We also have Jennifer Wallace coming on the show. She is going to talk about how to connect more and how to understand your own sense of importance. It's sort of a kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with needing the confidence to know that you can do things. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so she'll be on the show. We also are doing a... um, 2023 year in review, 2024 predictions episode Uh, that got released last week. Do
1: you need the eight ball? Oh,
4: my sources say no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're smart. (laughs) So, yes, all of that is on the Afford Anything podcast, which you can find on Spotify, on Pandora, on your favorite podcast player. Pause right now
0: and uh, make sure that you bookmark Limpensow.com. And you, uh, on wherever you're listening to us, go follow Afford Anything, and you'll get all that goodness every week. All right, guys, thanks for a weird, hilarious, and incredibly informative episode. Thanks to Jonathan Clemens for uh, this wonderful piece that we had to to use for our first uh, round table time together this year, now that we've got the Magic 8 ball out of the way. Uh, Doug, man, take it from here. There's lots of takeaways, but I can't wait to hear what the top
2: three are. Yeah, and Joe, if you actually picked on me and asked me for my favorite of these 24 thoughts, (laughs) that is so funny. Doug said, Doug said, do I get to go? I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) you'll get to go. (laughs) And then, as usual, Which one's your favorite, Doug? Number 19, Lose the Losers. (laughs) Which is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to read this to-do list and piece the F out. So what are some of the things on our to-do list for the new year? First, do you have 73 credit cards like OG? Consider simplifying your debt situation. That'll make it a whole lot easier to tackle that monster and reduce it the debt, not OG. Second, there's no way you can make all these important decisions to improve your financial picture by swiping through reels on your phone until 2am. Put the phone down and get some sleep. But what's my biggest to do? Get more jumpsuits for everyday wear this year. My ass looks amazing in these things. Thanks to Paula Pant for hanging out with us today. You'll find her fabulous podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you listen to Finder Podcasts. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash Trivia Champ.
3: You missed it. It's lenpenzo.com slash Squirrel Cam. I know. I wrote it ahead of time.
1: (laughs) And can you give me a superlative, too, in front of my blog, like Len's Bafo blog? You know, just say it like that. So you got to really sell it.
2: Yeah. All right, let me do the credit. Steve, we're doing the credit again. Here we go. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash only squirrels. <laughs> and thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, Copyright 2024, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show is written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long podcast, with help from me, Joe, Kate Yunkin, Karen Repine, and Doc G from the Earn & Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course you do, but you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of the show, Engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude, Stacy Doe, and Julia Garab are our social media coordinators. And Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. For more interactive fun, join us on Instagram every Tuesday and Thursday for our Instagram lives. Kate Yonkin and Joe host those weekly. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Boy, am I glad our lawyer made us say that. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show.
0: Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have...